Howdy, y'all. Welcome to Components. I'm Ren, product marketer at Hereto and your podcast MC. I'm Patrick, CEO here at Hereto. And I'm Jared, lead solutions consultant. Thanks for joining us on our weekly conversation about componentized and structured content. Hope you enjoy this 15 or so minutes of fun talking about everything from data to innovations in AI. All right, let's get into it. But what Carlos and I have noticed, and especially through our research and interviews with people we've talked to in industry, is there's a real need for more graduates of programs coming out who can move into content-focused positions. So the real need for what we would call a content professional. And so that's the question we're asking is, how do we think more about that space and training students to move into what we see as a real need in terms of hiring? Okay, so we're talking about bringing more people into technical communications, content operations, knowledge management, all that stuff, right? That's the that's the thing we're talking about. So components is pretty free will in here. I wouldn't say that we've got a lot of structure that happens on this particular podcast. But in this go around, I think it'd be great if uh Rebecca and Carlos, if you guys can introduce yourselves, just let us know who you are, because I think the audience would love to uh, have that background. Yeah. So I am um, Rebecca Anderson. I'm at the University of California, Davis. Um, There I'm in the university writing program. Um, In that program, I teach mostly advanced undergraduate students in professional writing flavored courses and technical communication. Um, I also oversee our internship program for students interested in going into careers in professional writing. Um, And in terms of research, I look a lot at ways in which academia and industry can build stronger connections um, in support of students in education, but also for the purposes of um, research. And Carlos and I have been (laughs) collaborating for the past few years around questions that have to do with education and um, implications of content practices for how we teach aspiring technical writer communicators. And I'm Carlos Evia. I have too many titles. I My day job is I'm a professor of communication at Virginia Tech, but because I'm a bad professor, I don't teach frequently. And now I have other titles like Associate Dean and Chief Technology Officer in the College of Liberal Arts and Human Sciences here at Virginia Tech. But uh, I also have another it's kind of dormant right now because I'm kind of busy with so many titles. Identity in uh, in industry, in the content sphere, particularly doing some behind the scenes work on some standards like uh, data and lightweight data and what have you that I was involved for many years, but right now I'm taking a break from that because yeah, there's, there's lots going on. But Patrick and I, have been collaborating on uh, a secret project that Rebecca and I have another secret project that we might get into if the things get excited. Very good. Um, so you guys are both, you know, really heavily involved with the younger generation of, you know, technical communicators, um, you know, professional writers and all those types of things. I'm curious to hear what you guys think the direction of that is. So like, what are you know what is the new generation how are they thinking about this um you know where are they trying to take this and like what what do you just see as you're interacting with younger people who are just starting here 
Uh, I think uh, we have to mention the identity crisis of the technical communicator, or let me let me rephrase that: the identity crisis of technical communication as a discipline in the United States, because okay. in universities and colleges, if you go and look for a program in technical communication, chances are you're gonna find how many, Rebecca, like two with that actual name, technical communication, two or three, if you count Texas Tech. But there are not many programs that actually have that name anymore. At one point that was the name in the you know early 2000s, but now things have changed and some people prefer to go with technical writing, some people prefer to go with professional writing, some people go with writing studies, and I think that that identity crisis in academia, which compared and contrasted, combined with the identity crisis in industry, of the plethora of titles related to people who do the work that we see as technical communication or content something, technical content, uh, just creates a very hard to define, very hard to define, very hard to match sphere here and sphere here to say, how can we bring people into this world of technical communication? One of the biggest problems is that, you know, it's kind of hard to define in industry and in academia. And that's some of the work that Rebecca and I have been seeing for for some years from the academic side. Yeah, and I would add to that, there are around 300 or more undergraduate degree granting programs in some flavor of professional writing, professional communication, technical communication, um, information design, um, lots of different titles, as Car Carlos said. So there are a lot of programs where students are getting some kind of specialization or an actual degree with the title. Um, but those programs are incredibly diverse and they're in different institutional locations. They might be in a department of English, they might be in a college of engineering, um, they might be in a department of communication. And so students are getting a very wide range of training. And so sometimes that might be more focused on what we see as technical communication in the content sphere. Um, others might be moving into more e-learning, kind of instructional design, you know, careers and getting that kind of training. And a lot of programs are also focused more on UX than they have been in the past. Um, and some students move into government writing positions and think more in terms of regu regulatory practices. So it's just, it's really diverse. It's very wide ranging. Um, but what Carlos and I have noticed, and especially through our research and interviews um, with people we've talked to in industry, um, is there's a real need for more graduates of programs coming out who can move into content-focused positions. So the real need for what we would call a content professional. And so that's the question we're asking is how do we, how do we think more about that space and training students to move into um, what we see as a real need in terms of hiring? Yeah, so that's an interesting point. And how much of this do you think is due to industry's inability to define what it is that they want. Like if you look at a, like a comparative, um, you know, other aspect of industry, like developers, right? So industry knows that it wants to hire developers. That's not real hard. Um, every school has a school for, um, you know, software development of some flavor and people kind of, you know, if it's, it's software engineering or it's, even like game design to some extent, like there's, you know, there's development um, centered uh, professional educations in 
every major institution in the country. And you, know, you can kind of hire from them at will and then train them up on the job. Um, how much do you think industry's lack of opinion on what it wants is contributing to kind of the diversity or you know maybe the lack of concentration at the educational um, level? I think that the interesting thing here is that there used to be a very big and chunky unifying book that combined industry and academia. And that was the manual, especially yep. the computer manual, the software manual. Yep. Uh, even as recent as 2000 or 1999, if you would go to a conference of SIGDOC or the Society for Technical Communication, you would see presentations that were joined with people from industry and academia revolving around the manual. How do I make this chunky book easier to understand, easier to, I mean, I'm, I'm going IBM on you or the uh, DQTI, Developing Quality Technical Information, but that's where that came from. How do I improve my manuals? And when the manual kind of went away and technical communication in industry and in academia became something different, we lost that unifying agent that was the manual. But I think that happens in many other academic fields, but with some differences. For example, in computer science, here at Virginia Tech, every course that you take as a computer science major, the main programming language, actually probably the only that you will see is Java. And yeah. other schools are doing now JavaScript, others are still stuck in C++, others are looking more into data-centric things and use Python. But to a degree, if you have a very very good foundation on data structures, your main language doesn't really matter because you understand programming, you understand those structures, and when you graduate, you might be like, yeah, I have only used Java. And when people hire you, you can get up to speed. And if it's a JavaScript uh, framework or something not so complex, it's going to be very easy for you to translate those skills. The problem is that we don't think that many of the skills that we're currently teaching across the, you know, no, the many options, and like Rebecca was saying, the many programs that are out there with the banner of technical writing, UX writing, something like that, I don't think we have a consistent base of what we say that we need to teach that is going to be transferable. And part of that, indeed, Patrick, comes from lack of communication with industry. So, but no, I want to pull up the blame on the industry side. Mm -hmm. And well, it's, it's, a, it's, you know, there are two parts here and both parties are to a point responsible for not talking to the neighbor. Yeah. So one of the things I want to throw, I throw in there real quick um, is that so computer science degrees, of which I happen to have one, um, they're really focused on teaching you how to think. They're not really focused on teaching you skills if you really boil it down. So the reason that you can teach someone this language versus this language versus this language, um, even if you leave and you forget everything you knew about specific algorithms, which I have, um, the the general skill, which is a which is a mental framework, stays with you and it's highly transferable. Um, so I think that part of what you're saying is that in the communications fields, we've never gotten to agreement on what the contemporary version of a, of a primary transferable skill is in that field. Does that feel right? I, 
I think it is right. From um, the interviews that Carlos and I have done with alumni of programs, we interviewed quite a few students who had graduated from a program and were working as technical communicators. Um, the biggest hurdle that those students talked about who had moved into jobs was the three to five years experience that they're seeing in all the job ads that they're reading to, to get in the door for an entry-level position. And one of the things Carlos and I have talked about is we don't really have a clear um, sense of what is an entry-level writer position today in, in the content right world. What is a level one? What is a level two? What is a level three? And so students don't also have a clear idea, you know? So what do they need to do to prepare to get in the door? And so the students like overwhelmingly talked about how discouraging it was for them um, to read job ads and realize they don't have the experience. And then number two, for students in the communication side of things, um, realizing they don't have the technical skills and knowledge and know-how that's now required for most entry-level position. The other piece of this is we've found through many of our just interviews and uh, listening to webinars and people in industry that a, a lot of companies are, are hiring CS grads, the computer science graduate for today's technical writing entry-level position. And so what they're finding is those graduates tend not to have the strong communication skills that are needed. Um, so they're trying to get them upskilled in that area. But if they're hiring the people coming from our tech comm programs, um, some of them have that technical background, but many of them don't. So we don't have yet that that graduate that necessarily comes out with both of those skills as strong, um, you know, areas of expertise that they're bringing in. So I think what you're talking about, Patrick, in terms of like a really well defined entry level position, I think that's some that's work that still needs to be done that will help people in both worlds. And funny enough, in our interviews, people, a lot of people said that technical writing 101 skills, you know, those still matter. Understanding your audience, writing with a purpose, identifying the right context in which you're going to be communicating with people. And let's be honest, good mechanics, grammar, spelling, and, you know, uh, plain language, inclusive language, those are those core transferable skills. But if you should agree with only those things, are those going to be enough to get you that job that will advance your career? I mean, you could get a very, a very basic, that level one job of, you know, you have this text form and you're just writing something, maybe adapting something for a different type of audience. But how far can you go with a career after, you know, spending four years in, in, in college? If those are the transferable skills that you have, like you were comparing to computer science and in computer science, you can understand structures regardless of the language in which you're working. You have that computational thinking, as, as some people call it in, in, in academia. But you know, if the core components that we have in a technical communication degree are, you know, understanding audience, purpose and context, how far can you go? Yeah, I, I think that, so the interesting thing is that when you go back to the manual conversation, I think that a lot of this is, is really grown out of that transition away from the manual, is that everybody knew what it was that you would be building with those skills. It was a manual, right? And that was the thing to be optimized. But today, a lot of organizations approach their user-centric you know, centric assistive content, reference content, learning content, in such a diverse way that it's very hard to know exactly what you're building. And I think like that 
for me, I think is one of the foundational issues is that once we kind of abandoned the manual because we didn't have boxes we were putting things in anymore, um, or the things we were putting in boxes, you know, those linked off to other experiences, we moved to like real digital experiences, we lost a common, common deliverable across industry. Like everybody went in different directions. And I don't feel like we've come back to a, a point of agreement on, you know, what the the consistent experience should be around this content yet. Um, and for me, I think that that's fundamental to this whole this whole situation. Mm-hmm.